0: Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study that we have every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time live on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page and the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. I encourage you to go to those avenues and go all the way back and start at the beginning. It will surely be a greater blessing than if you just jump in. If you just jump in anywhere, you'll get a blessing. But if you go back from the very beginning and follow all the way through, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, you will find a greater blessing in that. Because learning the context of Scripture uh, is is where the meat is going to be found. Uh, Without the proper context of Scripture, we only have pretext. And you can't just jump in the Bible every day and have a different verse without knowing what preceded it and what's coming right after it. It just won't work. You know, that's that's what the church we've done for years. We've just grabbed the scripture and taken it and used it to mean uh, whatever we wanted it to mean and, and for whatever purpose we wanted to use it. And you can't do that with the Word of God. The Word of God has a focus to it, gives a focus to men brings men to a place that they can walk with God, but it's a very narrow place. It's not just broad and all thoughts and imaginations can come and be broad and God accepts anything. There is a narrow, very narrow path in which God uh, allows us to walk with him. And it's not done to exclude everybody. It's offered to include ever everyone. So uh, we're here, as I said, every Monday and Thursday morning, Online teaching these Roman sessions. And today we're in chapter 8, part 37. And uh, we're looking really forward to what we're going to get into here in just a few minutes. But uh, again, we have a website, thecrosswaychurch.com. All that we do here at Crossway Church is there uploaded as well. And uh, that's where you can also support us financially. Again, that's thecrosswaychurch.com and uh, we're just excited. We have another church in Wichita Falls, Texas. It's five hours away, and uh, Pastors Colton and Casey Hill are pastoring that great work there. And uh, if you want to support them, uh, then you can just get a hold of me or Pastor Colton Hill. You can find us both on Facebook and uh, find out how to support us. And also, we, here at Crossway Church in Queen City, we mail six expositor study Bibles every week to inmates throughout the land. We receive letters, they're requesting that Bible, not just the New Testament, the whole Expositor Study Bible takes us $37 a Bible to get one into the hands of an inmate. So I encourage you to pray about helping us do that. Just imagine what it would be like if you and I were locked up in some penitentiary, some state prison. And we saw our buddy's Bible and began to look at it, and the, and, and and we begin to get hungry for the things of God, and we wanted a Bible like that, and we find out we could just write a simple letter and request that Bible, and there there are people who care about publishing the Word, helping uh, to be a part of the ministry to get the Word of God into the prison system or into the neighbor wherever, but this is a great opportunity for you to be able to be a part of helping us publish the Word, a part of helping us preach the Gospel, share the Word, and we're just thankful for that. Again, you can donate to this ministry by texting 903-231-5950 and the website at thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, we are just excited again to be here today and we're in Romans chapter 8. This is part 37 here on the 17th day February 2020. <clears throat> and uh, we had tremendous service yesterday. Uh, I always encourage everyone to go back and, and find yesterday's service and watch that. It's on the YouTube channel and the website. Uh, you, you will be tremendously blessed if you are desiring to learn the truth of God's Word. See, uh, God, the Holy Spirit, is only going to write the truth of his word in our hearts. Not just some word we're memorizing. We know where to go find it in the Bible. But he's going to, he's going to engrave the truth of his word in our hearts because that's what we live by. That's what we're liberated through. <clears throat> and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And what he did at the cross is what makes him our liberating truth and daily provision of all grace for everything we need. So, again... Romans chapter 8, part 37, and we'll begin this morning in verse 33. And we talked about this a little bit in the last session, but we'll back up, scratch our feet, and take off running this morning. Uh, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. It's God, and the word justify there means to declare righteous. God has justified us through our believing with the heart under unto that righteous work Christ performed for us because he loved us at the cross. And there, God justified us. We talked about it in the last session. He made you righteous so that he could justify you. Righteousness is what is unto justification of life. If you missed it, please go back and listen to it. God can't justify anything that's not righteous. It's the righteous who are justified. Amen. The just live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And any, any biblical faith, will all, the result of any biblical faith will always be that of righteousness. And that's his righteousness. The fruits of his righteousness. Let me say that again. The result of any true biblical faith, which is faith in the sacrifice of Christ... Faith in the Word of God, in that context, will always be the fruit of righteousness, because all God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs eight and eight, and Romans one sixteen and seventeen. His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Therefore, when we open God's Word for us to be able to see and understand His words, we must see them through the gospel, because only. In the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from what? From faith in the Word of God in the gospel context to faith in the Word of God in the gospel context to faith in the Word of God in the gospel context. Outside that process, we're holding God's Word wrong. But again, back to what we said, it's Him making you righteous taking all your sin and giving you all his righteousness, and you became the righteousness of God in Christ through your believing on Christ at Calvary. His work afforded you there, and he declared you righteous, and that's what he justifies. Think about that. In, in Romans chapter 5 is where we get that. More than a thought, that truth, that righteousness is what is unto justification. And God has made you righteous. He's justified you. And that's why uh, he says in verse 33, Who who, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? And we've, we've only been elected by God by grace, through faith. That's the election process. We're not running for election. We're not working for election. We're believing for election. You know, we talk about the political, well, the political realm, they have to travel all over the country and do all these things. They're working to get elected. Jesus did the work for our election. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hey, he elected me by grace, chose me in Christ when he saw that I would believe from my heart unto his work of righteousness, and I was accepted into the beloved. Hallelujah. And that's where the Bible says, who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who can come along and accuse us as not being justified? Because it's God that justifies. Watch this, verse 34, Who is he that's condemning you? Well, we know the devil's the the, the accuser of the brethren, and he works big time in the church to accuse. We we accuse each other and try to condemn each other when we're no longer condemned. And that'll take place if you get in the flesh. That'll take place if you don't know you've got a sin nature and, and you don't know how that sin nature is, is put to death and made dormant where seeing the sin nature can no longer dominate you and because you're functioning under grace and not under law. But many times we go back and I'm not I don't even know if we go back under law, maybe we do, but for sure we, we go back and we begin to live as though we're back under law by the don't eat this and the don't do this on that day and the can't wear this and the can't wear that and I have to go be baptized in water in a formula in Jesus' name or I have to... uh, uh, Those are all laws, rules, regulations of men. They're laws. You can't use God's Word to hold people to a, a place of works for salvation or their works for sanctification. Jesus paid the price, did the work, and finished the work. The only work we can walk works we can walk in today is that which is already done, already finished. We walk in those that finished work of Christ. And when we tell anybody that they've got to do something, actually go perform something, or wear something, or don't wear something, or only do something on this day, or that day. Then we are putting people in a place operating as though they're back under the law. And under law, there's only death, there's only the curse, there's only really separation. So so watch this. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died. See, where the apostle Paul goes is always back to the cross. When condemnation is there, whether it's coming from other people trying to condemn you, the devil speaking condemning thoughts into your mind, or you just just all of a sudden, you're, you're, for whatever reason, your heart's condemning you. You need to hear me this morning. Christ died to take away the condemnation. If you go all the way back up to the very first of this chapter, and remember these are not chapter and verses, this is a letter being written. So you can't forget anything you've read, you've got to carry it all along with you. That's why I say go back and start all over at the beginning, and if you went all the way through this series one lesson at a time, and you started over and went through them again, the second, the third time, I can't even explain to you what the Holy Spirit is able to do. I, there, there are no words for that except to grow you, mature you, give you wisdom you never thought was possible for you could have. I mean, what the Holy Spirit is able to do through the truth of God's words, it, 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 it's unexplainable. The light that we should be will be brighter than ever. The salt that we should be, and that we really are, will be tastier than ever. Everything we've been called to, to be and to do will be taking place more and more as we walk in truth more and more, as God's Word prospers in our hearts. It's not about us prospering. It's about God's word prospering in our hearts. And yes, the result of that is our prosperity. But our true prosperity is not things. It's God's mercy and grace. Because all the things one day, they won't be there. They'll be gone. But the grace and the mercy of God will always be there. And at the end of our lives, it won't matter what we lived in and all the food that we ate and the vehicles we drove and the clothes we wore. At the end of our lives, the only thing that will matter is God's mercy and goodness following me. That's all that really matters. That's what we need. Thank God for the blessings, the material blessings. But we need Him. We need him. We need him daily. We need our minds stayed on him that we might experience this perfect peace he's promised us through the blood he shed for us. But when you go back to the first of this chapter, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. That means when we were born again, we were immersed into the body of Christ. We we became the body of Christ. And God declared us righteous and justified, not guilty, took away the shame and the guilt. And from that point on, God is not going to condemn anybody that's His. Now, we might condemn each other. We might condemn ourselves. But from His point of view, from what He sees through the blood and who we are in Christ... He's not dishing out condemnation. Now the devil's trying to condemn everybody. And those who walk after the flesh are going to go back to feeling condemned and, and, and condemning others. Because what happens is when we stop running this race, although we might think we're still running, when we move our faith from the very work of the of Christ at Calvary, meaning his death, when we move our faith from that into everything, all these other things that men have brought into the church, telling God not with their lips, but with their hearts, the cross was not enough. We also must to top it all off, God to, to finish it all off, God to, to find really well, uh, my calling and my giftings and my deliverance and my grace for me today I know the cross is right, but I also no, 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 when you leave the cross, you leave Grace. And you go back as though you're living under law because now you're working. You're working, and there are many works, but never forget, they're all in Christ Jesus. And and walking in Christ Jesus, Colossians 2, 6 tells us, only, ta- only takes place if our faith still remains in what it was that placed us in Christ Jesus, his work at Calvary. If that's where your faith remains, then you are walking in Christ, and you are walking after the Spirit. And the experience of condemnation may knock on your door, but you're going to look back to Calvary, and the Bible says, so that, so that we won't grow weary and faint we're going to keep considering the one who endured the contradiction of sinners. The, the, all, the, all the sin that he died for, all the, the, whatever is knocking on your door today that's not of God, Jesus dealt with it defeated it and wiped it out 2,000 years ago. And now when something comes along and tries to remind you of your past, whether it was 10 years ago or 10 minutes ago, that's all in the past. You just need to remind the devil, yeah, I'm guilty after the flesh. I'm to blame for a lot of things. But it's all been washed away by the precious blood of Jesus. And there is now, because of that, no condemnation toward me. I'm free, not only from sin, but I'm free from the condemnation that's there because of sin. The guilt, the shame, it's all been washed away. Hallelujah. And I'm excited about that just to even say it. Glory to God. But he says, who is he that condemns? It's Christ that died, yea, rather... He's also risen again, who is now even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. And we discussed that in the last session. Please go back and listen to it. He's not up there pleading with God verbally on our behalf. The Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for us. His very presence there is our intercession because his presence there is proof that he died for our sin, forgave us, justified us, made us righteous, and now he is there representing us to God because of what he did for us at the cross. Not what we're doing. Not what we're doing. What he did is what gave him the name above all names, exalted his name above all names because of what he did at Calvary. That is the avenue through which all grace comes today all mer- all, anything you're looking for today Is going to come from God Through your faith In the cross of Christ And you might say Well, no, now not everything Listen don't I don't want anybody to wake up At the great white throne judgment one day Still trying to talk their way into heaven Still trying to uh, remind God About all they did Remember everything that's not done By the Lord That we're doing in the name of the Lord Let me say that again Everything that's not being done by the Lord, but we think we're doing in the name of the Lord, he calls those works of iniquity. If it's not him working, if it's not him doing the work, it is a work of iniquity. And the Bible says in Psalms 33 and 4, the word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. The truth is Jesus. And what he did at Calvary is what makes him that truth. And you might be thinking, well, no, the whole Bible's truth, and that's more than the cross. No, no, no. All the words of God's mouth are in righteousness. And righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. So the gospel is equated to the truth. All of God's words can only be seen, understood, and imparted by the Holy Spirit as they are in righteousness. Truth is what reveals righteousness. Proverbs 12, 17, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. But a false witness, deceit, when the Word of God is declared like it's truth, and it is truth, But if the picture there being shown is not the righteousness of God that only comes through the cross, the gospel, the truth, it's being held, preached, and taught out of context. Out of context. So you've got to be careful with that. The cross is the only avenue of any righteousness, any grace, anything from God. So I want you to think about these scriptures you've been given. If you missed them, you'll have to go back and listen to this again. Write them down. You need to know these things. You need more than an altar call and a touch from the Lord. You need the knowledge of the Lord. That's what we need. We thank God that he can touch us and heal us and stir us up and and, and fill us and and use us uh, in ways. But listen, we need the knowledge. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 9, and I ministered to this yesterday, love abounds in knowledge. Not in some touch. Love abounds in knowledge and in all judgment. You need to go read that. Not everybody is after the truth of the word. If you are, you're going to be blessed as you hear ministers preach the truth of his word. And I know somebody's listening right now. And you've struggled with where you should be in church. I don't have a clue who you are. You've struggled. You've been hearing these ministers of the cross. You, 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 you've struggled with that, and you've not been sure where you need to be planted in the house of the Lord. Listen, it's very simple. Where God will plant any Christian. Now, we plant ourselves in all kind of churches, but when God does the planting, he will plant you in a church where the minister has this burden. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. He has a necessity placed upon him because of his call by God to preach the gospel. Because the gospel is Genesis through Revelation actually as it pertains to a coming Christ in the Old Testament to a having already come Christ, a uh, coming Christ uh, in the New Testament. All of God's words are in righteousness. And the gospel is the only thing that reveals the meaning of all of God's words. And the cross of Jesus Christ Is the truth, Jesus and what He did at Calvary, that brings the gospel to a place where with the heart we can believe unto righteousness. Romans 10 and 10. It's with the heart we believe unto righteousness. So find you a place. It doesn't matter if you don't have family there, if you don't have friends, or nobody's invited you. Find where God will lead you and plant you in that local assembly because where the gospel is not center focused, I don't mean the word gospel, I don't mean the word cross, I mean God's word being expounded every service in the context of Jesus and what he did at Calvary. I mean, because outside of that, the word of God just being read. <clears throat> Think about it where that minister has a burden. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Think about that. And get planted there, because only there will you grow, only there will you be equipped for the work of the ministry. Promising you. I promise you it's a guarantee. Where the message of the cross is more than a just words we say, but it's when we open the Bible and the Holy Spirit begins to point us to Christ. Jesus did say the scriptures are about him. John 5 and 39, the book of Hebrews says prophetically of Jesus, the volume of the book is written of me, Jesus said. The volume of the book. If we're not seeing Jesus when we open the Bible, we're not seeing clearly. The focus is not the Holy Spirit, it's not the church, it's not the preacher. The focus is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's good news. Hope you know it. Quit running from God. I know you've been in that place. I know. But you better get in the place where God plants. Some folks have been hearing the the, the message of the cross. They've heard tidbits of it for years. And they wonder why things aren't working out. And preachers are lying to them telling them that "Mm, you're going through all these horrible things because the devil is attacking your faith. And the devil's not attacking most of the children of God's faith because their faith is not in the right. The devil's not going to attack your faith unless you try to keep it in the cross. You, You hadn't gone, most Christians hadn't gone through all the horrors they've gone through because of what preachers tell them, your faith is under attack. No, no, no. We go through the horrors we go through because we don't understand what the faith is. We don't understand the message of the cross for our daily sanctification and living. We just, with a nonchalant attitude, say, yeah, I already know all that. And then we just leave that and we go on and listen. You're to take up your cross daily. Or you can't be the disciple of Jesus. And the word disciple means learner. And think about what I'm saying. Preachers all over the world are telling their people, you're only going through this hell because of your faith. And their faith, and and what they're saying is right. But But they're telling the people, because of your great faith, you're going through horrible things. And most of the time, that's not true. It's because their faith is not in the right object. And the devil is doing a terrible yet He's doing a terrible thing and allowed to do it because we think we already know all about the cross. We've gone on from the cross. We're going on to the deep things of God. If you ever look at the cross of Christ and think there's something deeper than that, you've missed it because it's the love of God that needs to abound. It's the love of God that has a depth and a width, a a breadth and a height that, that is unattainable in its completeness until we're with him but that we should be after. And the manifestation of that love, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 9 and 10, is the cross. If you're looking at any other thing to see the love of God, you're not looking At the love of God. God gave you his son because he loved you. And he forgave you of your sins because he loved you. And when you look at Calvary, I'm not talking about sitting around meditating on a bloody corpse hanging on an old piece of wood. I'm talking about what God did through that death for you. And what he'll do for you today if he finds your faith still in that sacrifice. You will find out then that you've thrown away years. But don't be angry. Rejoice, for today you've heard the truth and you can march forward. And now God can begin to build you, build your marriage, build your family, build everything about you. Hallelujah. That's good news. He says, Who is he that condemns, verse 34? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Now let me say something. Those things in and of themselves cannot remove me from the love of Christ. But I can remove myself. Galatians 1 and 6, something you never hear taught. All you hear taught today and for centuries is that the Lord, he'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. But you never hear Galatians 1 and 6. You never hear it. That you can, you can separate yourself from him. That means you're no longer in agreement with him. You you, you begin to walk outside of that in Christ place. And we can do it. Paul tells the church in Galatia, in chapter 2 you can read about it, when he's writing the church in Galatia, he's telling them of a story, something that happened between him and Peter back in Antioch. And Paul says this, When I saw, when I saw, when I saw that Peter... When they walked not uprightly according to the truth, Peter was to blame. And I confronted him face to face. Now I want you to think about that. Peter began to walk in a place of fear and condemnation because he was playing the part of a hypocrite he was free and enjoying the freedom, the liberty he had among the Gentiles now because he was a Jew. That just didn't happen under the old covenant, under the new covenant. I mean, the old covenant, you, I mean, Gentiles could come in, but you just didn't eat what they ate and do what they did. And I mean, but under the new covenant, Peter was there, man, just tearing those chicken legs up or whatever it was, just having a great time and fellowship with the Gentiles. But he heard that Some of James' people, the the, the church in Jerusalem, was coming, so he jumped up and got away from the Gentiles, didn't want to be seen around them. He just wasn't quite sure of what he had in Christ. He, He was growing, but he stepped out of that place where he was no longer walking uprightly according to the truth. He played the hypocrite. And others followed him, because whatever you're doing, somebody's watching. You understand that? Somebody's going to follow you and there had to be a rebuke there. Peter, although he remained just, he removed himself from the path of the just. He took another path. He went back as though he was still, some degree, living under the law. He couldn't be around those Gentiles, couldn't be seen with them. You understand, Peter was growing, and this was growing pains, and it hurts sometimes when you have to be rebuked and corrected, and it's because God loves you Amen, He's going to use people to do it but He never leaves us He never forsakes us but we can remove ourselves from Him Galatians 1 and 6 Galatians 5, 1 through 4 we can fall from grace that means we don't that doesn't mean we lose our salvation and, and don't listen to people say it does it just means we fall from the place from where God works God's grace is God at work, and God works when we're believing the truth. When we stop walking uprightly according to the truth, God's going to send somebody to direct us back to the path of truth. Come on now. Now, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. We need to hear it. We need to know it. We need to walk in it and cling to it, and don't let anybody come along to pull us away from it. God's not going to send somebody to you to pull you away from the way of the cross. The devil's going to do that. Our own stinking flesh will do that. When we try to want something that God's not got for us, but we go after it, and whatever we go after that God's not given us until we let go of it and let God straighten things out, we're not going to be able to come back to the path that's right. Now, you need to think about that. Now, this has been a great teaching today, and they're only going to get better from here, and I encourage you, if you've been blessed, Help us publish these, share these teachings on social media. Don't your kids and your coworkers, your family and your friends need to be hearing the same truth that's blessing your heart? that's leading you out of the place you've walked all your life, a place of not knowing what you should have known, a place now that you're experiencing the liberty and the grace of God and not just I don't know, but now you're beginning to know that you know that you know because that's what truth does. It brings an assurance to our hearts, and we'll see that as we continue this session next time. So help us publish this. Share it on social media. I pray that that fear would be removed from your heart's to the degree that you could share these teachings on social media, not caring what people thought, not caring what they think. You you have a love for them to such a degree that you don't care what they think about you because to you, their soul is that valuable, is more valuable to you than what they think about you. So help us publish the word again. Pray for us. We're praying for you. Praying God bless you. Strengthen you in the faith. and and continue to do great things in your life. Support us by prayer and giving to the ministry. And uh, we love you. God bless you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.